0: Welcome back to my podcast. So today I'm really excited for this topic because this is something I've always been really fascinated about ever since I was little. I remember like being in, I guess third, third or fourth grade. I get that is like little, you know, maybe like fifth, fifth and sixth grade. I think is when it really sparked my interest. Um, I would always go to the school library and I would check out books about aliens and. Um, mermaids and the Bermuda Triangle and all these like weird things or I'd go on the deep side of YouTube where I would like watch like Illuminati videos and like really freak myself the fuck out I remember like seeing all kinds of stuff about Beyonce Lady Gaga like all of these things and I would be like scared of them <laughs> when I was that age but now I'm like okay they're like icons but anyway and it's like funny when you're little like things are way more scary than being like now if those celebrities were to act like they were in the Ill- Illuminati it wouldn't be like as taken seriously maybe or it'd be like oh like it's just their like artistic expression or like whatever they're just like trolling or I don't know but like when you're younger you like really believe shit so yeah that kind of like sp- sparked my Interest is checking out those books. I think that I've always been super interested in just like fantasy mysteries, like even though it kind of scares me a little bit, um, it's still like super fascinating. So today, actually, I was on a library visit. Uh, this is the third time this summer I've been to the library. I want to go more frequently, it's like my goal to try to go once a week. I really love it so much. But today, I got there, and so what I like to do at the library, just so you guys know, is I like to pick out a few books. Usually they're like picture books and when I say that they're not like simple like they're still like studious books but it'll be like fashion books or architecture or like different artists or or today for example I checked out this like mystery book about like different like mythical creatures right so usually when I go to library I get some books like that and then I sit there with my computer And I'll, like, rummage through the pages. I'll take some pictures. Last time I brought my scanner to the library, but it was, like, too loud. So, I was like, okay, I'm just going to take pictures. I scanned, like, one thing and I feel like everyone was looking. So, I don't, no one was even looking. I was just, like, being, I was overcompensating for it, if that makes sense. But anyway... I like to go on my computer and I make a plan because like right now I'm working on my design portfolio and I'm concepting that. So I'm thinking about, oh, like what's the concept? What's the stories? Who are the characters? Things like that. So I'm trying to like get inspired. But anyway, I always feel like it's crucial that I have my laptop so that I can like start a keynote and like even use like ChatGBT to like prompt me questions that I need to answer about my vision, right? and i got all the way there i sat in my spot my two new mythical books i just picked up and i didn't have my computer charger my computer was dead so i was like okay i feel like this is a sign that the universe just wants me to sit here and like read these so i was like okay like that's fine this is another way of doing the process which honestly worked in its favor because usually sometimes when i am on my computer i can get a little distracted with my phone is a whole nother story I got distracted for like 30 minutes on my phone but I was trying to like find stuff but anyway I think it's like hard for me to concentrate and I do have ADD still undiagnosed by the way but I have an appointment in two weeks with a psychiatrist can't wait um to get tested and uh yeah I'm um, f- really excited for that but gosh what was I saying see there there goes that ADD um yeah, at the library. So I was sitting there, I was reading, I was getting inspired actually because I'm also reading this book right now called the, called the Artist's Way and it's like a 12 course workbook basically and I really love it so far. It's like really prompting me in the ways I want to be challenged and dig deep into like my past and my creative past and people who have said discouraging things to me or people who have wished me well, like all those things are so important. And in this book that I'm reading, it talks about how your logical brain, like a lot of the times comes in the way of when you're trying to be creative and your logical brain is like, oh, like, well, you don't know how to do that. And this doesn't make sense. And that doesn't look good. So then you don't create or you stop yourself where like the creative side of your brain is really just like your inner child, just wanting to play and like let loose. And I've just been working through, I'm only in through like the first week, but I've been doing this thing called like morning pages where I'm supposed to write three pages right when I wake up in the morning and be like stream of consciousness. And I'm not supposed to look at it until like, I guess the book tells me to look at it. But anyway, I was, it said something in the book about, um, or maybe this was in the creative, the creative way. Wait, Hold on. Now I'm getting confused between the two books. There's like a Rick Rubin book called The Creative Something that I'm also listening to on Audible. You guys probably know if you've read that or listened to it, but maybe it was in that book. I don't know. One of the books, it talks about how like a lot of the times creatives will get inspired when we're doing mindless things like how some of the great artists will get their best ideas like driving in the car so sometimes they'll keep like a um, voice recorder or like a notepad with them in the car with them in case they like get an idea because I do feel like sometimes we're just inspired like mindlessly almost like in the shower before you go to bed like it's never when you're like okay I gotta sit down and like think of this idea it's always just in the moment and like in life doing like mundane things sometimes well anyway so while I was reading the book while i wasn't like trying to ideate with my computer right i was actually like letting myself free and just read and all of a sudden like two ideas two concepts popped in my head and i wrote them down like immediately like two visions that i vividly saw in my head of like these little films that i want to make like these little short videos i want to make of my brand but i was like whoa like this is so cool because i wasn't planning on ideating this and it felt natural to just read and just let it flow like that so I think this book is working a little bit yeah because it's starting to change the way I'm thinking a bit creatively like how I have creative thoughts and the way I can act on them so yeah okay so basically the book that I picked up today that inspired this topic is called the world of lore monstrous creatures so I checked it out I'm looking at it right now. I'm not really, like, getting anything from it today, like, for this podcast episode. I think that maybe that's, like, a whole nother podcast episode, but it inspired me to get a little scientific. I feel like we've been having a lot of topics that are very much more so to do with society and, like, I don't know, self progress, like self-work, self-discovery, realizing things, being in your 20s, but like this is just something that's just fun and scientific and I don't, well, I don't know if you can count it as science or if it's like fiction. I don't know, but it's mysterious and it's in that genre. So, let's get into it. Okay, so the mysteries of the world. How I love that sentence so much, or that phrase, there's something about it, the mysteries of the world. It sounds so mysterious, so eloquent, and just like, I don't know, I really love it, and it makes me just, it's like a loop in my head, like I want to just keep saying it and saying it. You know, and like there's certain phrases that you just like love, something else that I started, that I read today that I couldn't stop thinking about was the the ocean, is the last undiscovered country like undiscovered country that sounds so interesting to me like fascinating and like also yeah like why have we not discovered the ocean more like that is a big old mystery to me and maybe they are like are the oceanologists are they the marine biologists are they in the submarines like and is I guess it's dangerous to go and like explore the ocean but like why I don't know like why hasn't there been technology like how the fuck can we go to space but we can't go down in the ocean and like how deep is the ocean I don't I have so many questions about how deep the ocean is I know there's some point where it's like pitch black like what does that even mean and like what is down there like what and then what if okay what if like down at the bottom of the ocean like the very down deepest darkest trench what if there's like a portal or something like what if there's another life inside the middle of the earth that's in the ocean down at the end of the ocean it's just 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 something for you to think about you know okay so the first mystery of the world that we're going to get into that is like partly real i mean it is real is area 51 so i've always been interested in area 51 and like just what exactly it is so basically if you don't know i'm sure you know but if you want to know a little more about it area 51 is a u.s force sorry It is a U.S. Air Force installation that has become infamous for speculated connection with unidentified flying objects. So conspiracy theories surrounding the base suggest that it is used for the testing of alien technology recovered from supposed crash sites. This has been fueled by the fact that the base was a secret for many years and is still inaccessible to the general public. So it's very much like a military-looking installation that has been that, sorry, that has become an intrinsic part of the modern mythology and urban legends of the 20th century with a large influence on media and pop culture. So it is in Las Vegas, or sorry, it's located 120 miles northwest of Las Vegas. And there's a title that says Area 51 nearby. Um, and then there's like a bunch of no trespassing it's like high high security right do you guys remember like on twitter and people said they were gonna like storm area 51 (laughs) i don't think that ended up happening because everyone was like okay that's so dumb like you guys are all gonna get like shot down but basically i think is what the what the government says is that it's like a testing site like a they like test um like military weapons and technologies and stuff like I don't think they ever have ever said anything about aliens or like acknowledge that um although there is that clip that's like circling around the internet right now like that courtroom and the guy like talks about how they I don't know if it's area 51 but he talks about how the government knows something about like non-human alien something communicate I don't I don't really know like they found something. I don't know. I need to like also look more into that. But um, it says actually, wait, this is like really weird. I didn't even know this. It says the U.S. military finally acknowledged the existence of Area 51 in 2013 after a formally classified CIA document detailing the history of the U-2 spy plane was at- obtained by the National Security Archive at George Washington University. Wait, what? In 2013? I feel like I've always known what Area 51 is though. But maybe like it's just because there's signs of it, like out in the public and people have seen it, but like no one knew what it was, and like the U.S. government is like claiming it. I don't know. Um, it says the military classifies it as a military operating area. So on the ground, you'll encounter stern signs and armed guards, like I was saying. Um, guarded by motion sensors, cameras, guards, and so on. The borders of Area Fifty One are not fenced, but they are marked with orange poles and war- warning signs. So it says vis- like it tells visitors that photos are not allowed and trespassing on the property will result in a fine so i feel like that's pretty traditional for like government sites i guess right like military bases i'm sure also the same like they probably say like you can't enter and like all this stuff right Wait, apparently it says that Area 51 employees reached the facility by the way of airplane. That's also really weird. Like, why? Why can't they drive into it? Um, it says that it's also visible on Google Maps. And the only confirmed use of the installation is as a flight testing facility. So, it says, Dur- during World War II, the U.S. Army Air Corps used this site as an aerial gunnery range. Weird. Okay. So... Also, there's a lot of um, alien-like shops near Area 51, like in the nearby towns, like a lot of tourism for like, oh, like see the aliens, like UFO enthusiasts, alien-themed hotels, bars, and souvenir shops. Um, And then aside from the sightings of, you know, the, the sightings that have been reported, There was a man named Robert Lazar who claimed that he worked on extraterrestrial technology inside of the base. So it says in 1989, he told Las Vegas television reporter that he saw an autopsy photograph of aliens inside the facility and that the U.S. government used the facility to examine recovered alien spacecrafts. Although Lazar himself was discredited, his claim spun numerous government conspiracies, much of which involve extraterrestrial life. According to the CIA, test flights... Oh, I already said that. I already said that. There is no evidence of extra, extraterrestrial contact at Area 51 or anywhere else. That's from Britannica website. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting that I wonder, like, it's weird now because obviously we're in like 2023, like it's... It's not like there's we've just discovered Area Fifty One. Like it's interesting that this claim came in 1989 by this guy, and I wonder like is that the first time it sparked the like alien stuff? And now it just is such a thing that like this one rumor. Because it's kind of interesting to think about like oh like what if that guy really was just crazy and he just sparked this one rumor and like made these claims and this, like, keep in mind, this is way before social media, obviously, or anything, so I feel like when people used to come out and say shit, it was more believable because it wasn't, like, as saturated, if that makes sense. Like, nowadays, if I see a TikTok and someone's like, oh, this this, is that, it's, like, harder to believe them because, I don't know, like, people just make shit up on the internet, and you know what I'm saying? Like, so what if, like, this whole time it was just this one guy who said this shit and, like, he spun this whole narrative of what people think area 51 is but yeah I've just always been really fascinated by aliens because I feel like we would be dumb to believe that there's no other life outside of our planet like there has to be and I don't know necessarily what that means like what aliens are I don't know if they're they're the traditional like vision that we think they are but also like where did that vision come from? And, like, I know that people make up characters and, yeah, like, mermaids and fairies and stuff like that, but aliens are so specific-looking. Like, there had to be something out there that made people think... Because when you think of alien, I know we all think of, like, a certain vision, right? But, like, what if that was never what if that was never the vision we thought of? Because like the word alien, doesn't the word alien just mean like foreign to us? Like an alien object. Like it's not of this realm, of this world. It's just weird that like that's what we associate it with. Because things can be alien to us. It's like some people, sometimes people say. Like I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> no, but also I was in Sedona, Arizona a few years ago. I've been there um, twice. And the energy there is different like I don't know like coming from the east side of the US and like coming over to the west even LA still has like some weird things too especially like in Joshua Tree and like just up in the west and I swear there's like a different energy I don't know what it is it's like something in the wind or something like it just holds a different energy and when I was in Arizona it felt like a different planet like, it was just weird, and I remember also seeing a bunch of, like, pamphlets about how you could go on UFO tours, and they'd take you out, like, to, like, the desert at night, and you'd, like, try to look for UFOs. I don't really know, like, how that works, like, what you see. But it's also kind of weird to me that a lot of these, like, alien crop circles and stuff are found in the West, or, like, the Midwest. Like, why? Like, why were they drawn to that part of America? Let's look it up. Why were aliens drawn to the west. Okay, actually I think I had this wrong. For some reason I was thinking that alien sightings were just like seen in the US. Um but it's there's actually like many places it's been seen. Like people have said that they've spotted aliens in the UK and New Mexico or sorry, in Mexico in albania like there's like quite a few different things i don't know why i thought like but i'm pretty sure like crop circles though come from the the uh the west or at least like where there's like farming and stuff i don't really understand that either like why okay but then this article online kind of like just kills the idea of crop circles and says crop circles are a very straightforward phenomenon they are a type of landscape art made by humans but like isn't it more fun to think about a ufo like coming over a piece of land and just being like zoom and like zapping (laughs) their markings to like give a message like that's so much cooler to think about like instead of thinking about two farmers on their lawnmowers or whatever um like making shapes and stuff and like how do they even know what it's gonna look like from above like that's something that always trips me out like before they had drones and stuff how the hell did they know what things are gonna look like when they drew, like drew them on the ground i guess they would draw them first on like paper and then they would figure out how far like that's a whole mathematic thing in it's own. that's like some architecture shit okay so i guess area 51 isn't is like a partial mystery right because it's like it is a real thing we know that we just don't really know what's going on inside of there and that's a mystery that's mysterious because we don't we don't really know okay so um the second one the second mystery that we're going to talk about is something that used to shake me to my core i used to be so afraid of this thing i used to never want to travel over it and that is the bermuda triangle yep the mythical bermuda triangle so this is an area um That is in the shape of a triangle that goes from miami to bermuda to puerto rico so it's like in that triangle in the ocean um and there's been lots of reported disappearances and shipwrecks and plane crashes apparently that have gone on like in this triangle so it is reported that more than 50 ships and 20 airplanes have mysteriously disappeared in this area Um, reports of unexplained occurrences in the region date to the mid 19th century and some ships were discovered completely abandoned for no apparent reason others transmitted no distress signals and were just never seen or heard from again aircraft had been reported and then vanished and rescue missions are said to have vanished when flying into that area too i remember whenever i was like obsessed with this topic i remember reading about people thinking that it was like a giant magnet or there was some like weird frequency or maybe it was supernatural that was like getting these people you know like making something weird bizarre happening i thought that i think i used to think that it was like a sinkhole like, it was just, like, a giant whirlpool or something that people would just, like, sink into. Um No, I really, for real used to be so scared of this. Like, every time we would travel somewhere, like, with my family, it would always, like, look. I don't think I've ever gone through it unless... I'm trying to think... I don't think so. Like, I don't think I've taken that route before. Um, but I don't think it's, like, a thing anymore. I don't know. I'm going to keep reading about it and then uh, we'll, like, find out. So, um... Basically, one hypothesis is that pilots failed to account for the agon ag guys, I don't know how to say this word. agonic, agonic line, A G O N I C line, the place at which there is no need to compensate for magnetic compass variation. So as they approached the Bermuda Triangle, it resulted in significant navigational error and catastrophe that's kind of what i was saying about the big like magnet thing another popular theory is that the missing vessels were felled by so-called rogue waves which are massive waves that can reach reach heights up to 100 feet wow that's really fucking scary that is literally my worst nightmare a tsunami is my greatest fear um like natural disaster wise and would theoretically be powerful enough to destroy all evidence of a ship or an airplane so apparently the location of the Bermuda Triangle is more susceptible for storms um, to come from multiple directions to like converge together. So this would actually make the rogue wave thing like actually more likely to occur like these giant waves. Um, So it says, according to the US National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, period, there is no evidence that mysterious disappearances occur with any greater frequency in the Bermuda Bermuda Triangle than in any other large, well-traveled area of the ocean. Um, Boaters and flyers continue to venture through the triangle without event. So, yeah, like, this is weird to me. So, like, yeah, so this is where I get curious, because it's like, well, how did this phenomenon start? Like these missing ships and airplanes like they were real right like they were really reported that it happened in this area but it's like oh well were there other missing ships and airplanes that happened in other parts of the ocean that like people just don't talk about like why is this the area that is such a thing and like everyone knows what that is but like that's kind of true like i don't really hear about it you know anymore and like I'm not sure if it's really like a thing anymore. I don't know what, what that means. Um, it says, though, that the majority of Atlantic tropical storms and hurricanes pass through the Bermuda Triangle. So it, ha- it, it makes it more of like just like a dangerous area. And the Gulf Stream can cause rapid, sometimes violent changes in weather additionally the large number of islands in the caribbean creates many areas of shallow water that can be treacherous to ship navigation and there is some evidence to suggest that the triangle is a place where a magnetic compass like we said earlier um sometimes oh i see sometimes points towards true north as opposed to magnetic north so it does make sense it could make sense that this is just a part of the earth that gets a lot of commotion and like there's a lot of stuff going on there and it just happens to be like in this area that might be just like geologic, <laughs> geologically, geologically or geographically. Well, wait, what's the difference between those two? Geographically is just unfortunate, like, and it's just susceptible to, I guess, like more, more damage. I don't know, like more commotion. Yeah. Um, But it says the U.S. Board of Geographic Names does not recognize the Bermuda Triangle as an official name and does not maintain an official file on the area doubtful but okay um the ocean has always been a mysterious place to humans and when foul weather or poor navigation is involved it can be a very deadly place this is true all over the world there is no evidence that mysterious disappearances occur with any greater greater frequency in the Bermuda Triangle than any other large well-traveled area of the ocean this is what I was saying like yeah I feel like it's just a trend that I wonder who like came up with it though Let's look at 15 interesting facts about the Bermuda Triangle. So the Bermuda Triangle covers an area of 500,000 square miles. And, oh, here we go. It became a site of paranormal activity and it became famous in 1952. Here's what I wanted to know. So there was an article published on the 17th of September in 1950 in the Miami Herald. Okay, so this was in the Miami newspaper. So, there was a guy who wrote a short article called "The Sea Mystery at Our Back Door" in nineteen fifty-two. In this piece, he discussed the tragic tragic lost. Okay, guys, I'm so sorry that I keep messing up my words. To be honest with you, it's really late at night, and I'm recording this. Um, so yeah, um, he discussed the travi- <laughs> the tragic loss of night. Oh my God, the tragic loss of Flight Nineteen which had five U.S. Navy men inside. They were on a training mission. Um, The article was also the first to designate a triangular area where the incidents seemed to have taken place. And he suggested that a supernatural element was the cause of the disappearance of Flight 19. But it says, okay, so that was the article that came out. But then in 1964, the term Bermuda Triangle was coined so another writer coined this term in an article he wrote called the deadly bermuda triangle which was published in another magazine and he was the first person to claim that all the incidents happening in the region were part of a strange pattern of events um and then he actually published a book called the invisible horizons interesting oh and then we've got wait a second we've got back to 1492 with controversial explorer Christopher Columbus reported strange sightings in the area called the Bermuda Triangle, but I don't think he called it that. He just said that his compass started malfunctioning. And secondly, he wrote about how he saw stars appearing to move around in the sky. And that he saw a light similar to a candle flame that moved up and down in the distance. He asked his crew members to look at the light and it disappeared and then reappeared several times. The most eerie thing he saw was a glowing object, like a fireball coming out of the water and going towards the sky. Interesting. So it says many people believe that this could have been a UFO and others think it could have been like a light from like another vessel. I feel like it's so hard to determine things that were spotted like that long ago because it's like were they crazy what were they seeing like how can we really have evidence of it but now nowadays it's like how could we have evidence evidence of it now like anything can be fake that's the other thing that like freaks me out is like ai and like photoshop like it's just like like i was having a conversation with my friend spencer since if you're listening to this hey love you and we were talking about how like hypothetically like you know how in like many religions they believe like the messiah will come back like jesus will come back moses is going to come back i don't know what other religions believe like the their like leader like their one is going to return to earth like how how are we going to know how are we going to know when they return to earth because i mean maybe we will know but it's like there could, they could be here now and it could be like some quote unquote crazy person just saying that they're Jesus and like posting on TikTok that they're like, how are we really going to believe it? That's what scares me about everything nowadays. Like, how do we believe it? How do we know what's real? How do we know what's true? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I guess like, I remember like a few months ago when there was that object in the sky that apparently came from, I want to say a an asian country it was something to do some some sort of like plane or some like weird object in the sky that was like spotted in like north or south carolina and like the u.s shot it down or whatever like what what was that like i mean that's something i can think of, of like the news reported on it but like I don't know what's real like what the news tells us like how do we know like I'm not trying to like sound like a conspiracy theorist of like or like really someone who doesn't believe anything the government says or whatever but it's like kind of kind of like how are we gonna know when things are real or not (sighs) anyway let's see what else about this Bermuda Triangle It's said to be... Oh, yes. This is also something that I have heard. It's said to be the resting place of the famous lost of City of Atlantis. The lost city of Atlantis. I don't know. What, what did I just say? Um, The magical city relied on the power of special energy crystals that were very powerful. And per the theory, these crystals are in an altered state and they emit energy rays that cause the compass to malfunction and cause problems in navigation. Another thing linked to the Atlantic story is the submerged rock formation on the Bimini Road found off Bimini Island in the Bahamas, which comes from inside the triangle per some definitions. Some believe that this rock formation is a road to the city. Wow as a wall or other supernatural structure however the rock is of natural origins okay i need to ask brooke brooke if you're listening brooke just traveled to bimini and you actually i need to like text you about this but you brooke is my best friend by the way brooke was literally just traveling in the bermuda triangle so, I need to know if anything weird happened in the Bermuda Triangle. And did she even know about it? And, like, I want to know, like, if you're traveling on boats and stuff. Like, is it, like, a thing? Like, is it, like, a mystery? Do people joke about it? People are like, ooh, like, we're going to go on the Bermuda Triangle this week. Like, what are we going to see? Are we going to see, like, sirens, mermaids? Like, what's going to happen? Like, are there actually, like, weird, creepy shit that happens? I would love to know before we get into our last mystery that i want to touch on because this is like this this could like really go deep but these are the ones that like interested me the most and i do just want to briefly mention these other two mysteries that i have no interest in talking about because i'm really scared of them like it actually makes me really scared and i feel like you guys all know which one i'm about to say that probably just makes you also feel really weird and like It just makes me really scared. And I did spend a couple hours one time, like, a few months ago, like, really diving in. And I was, like, really freaking myself the fuck out. But that is Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. I don't really want to say anything else than that. Um, the fact that it like disappeared and there's like a lot of really weird stuff and like that's like something that happened more recently in our lives that like actually disappeared and there still is really no answer and that just really freaks me out like it doesn't feel like a real thing okay that's it that's all we're gonna say about that one and then the second one is the Illuminati of course and I don't want to talk about that one um that one scares me but it's also super fascinating but like yeah if you want to know about these two Mysteries of the world, definitely. Looking to some podcasts about them. That is not what we're talking about on this one. We're keeping it a little lighthearted. We're keeping it some fantasy. We're keeping it, you know, PG thirteen because like those just get too dark for me and like too real. Um. So yeah, just wanted to briefly, honorably mention those two though because they they deserve a uh, a mention on this topic. Okay, and thirdly, the one that is interesting to me not as interesting as the other two to be honest with you but I feel like it's the greatest tale of all time and that is the Loch Ness Monster so I remember and I texted my cousin about this because my cousin and I used to watch I think it was the Discovery Channel it was either like the travel channel or the Discovery Channel and it was like whenever I don't was cable television's (laughs) that sounds so out of touch, but like on cable television, I think it was like channel 51. I don't know if I'm just saying that because like area 51, but I feel like it was channel 51 or like 40 something. I don't know, but it was like the discovery channel. And there was this show that was, I don't know what it was called, but it was something like mysteries or like, uh, it was called something like kind of creepy. It would be like the the tales or like the stories the mis- the unsolved mystery i don't know what they were called but they were like really scary and we used to like watch them and we used to be so excited and we used to get really scared of them when they would come on and there would be like a loch ness monster episode a bigfoot episode i remember there was like this this um this weird like devil man that apparently is in like indiana or like idaho or like somewhere in the mid west mid central part of the US maybe north I don't know um and like anyway the the episodes were like really scary and we used to like scare ourselves so bad watching them but I feel like it's some of my earlier memories and I feel like the Loch Ness Monster is one that's just like cliche and like just one of those mythical like folk tales so also the Loch Ness Monster is like a really old tale and actually it goes back all the way to 565 the year 565 which sounds like a joke actually um so yeah so basically the scientific community explains alleged sightings of the Loch Ness monster as hoaxes wishful thinking and misidentification of mundane objects But the pseudoscience and subculture of cryptozoology, what is cryptozoology? Oh, wow. Cryptozoology is a pseudoscience and subculture that searches for and studies unknown, legendary, or extinct animals whose present existence is disputed or substantiated. so, that is something like the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, Yeti, Chupacabra. Oh, the Jersey Devil. That's what it is, the Jersey Devil. That's what I was thinking of. And it's in New Jersey. That's what it is. Not in Idaho, not in Indiana, but New Jersey. See, I feel like the fact that there's, like, these monsters that are that are sighted in, like, these certain areas around the world. Like, I just feel like there's, there's something there. Like, how are there so many mythical creatures that have been, like, spotted like uh, there's got to be some like truth behind them you know especially when they're like specific to the region like the Loch Ness Monster so the Loch Ness Monster um got its name because it is in the vicinity of a place called Loch Ness which is in Scotland I believe yes a region of Scotland it's in the Scottish Highlands um so the first sighting was in 565 a d and so it is reported that a man was swimming in the river when he was attacked by a water beast that mauled him and dragged him underwater despite their attempts attempts to rescue him by boat oh my god so like he passed away um basically it says that then the beast approached him or someone else and then they made a sign that says, Do not go any further. Do not touch the man. Go back at once. The creature stopped if, as if he had been pulled back with ropes and fled. Believers in the monster point to this this story set in the river Ness rather than the lock itself. Oh, wait. What? Guys, I don't. I'm like not following. It's a little. It's a little complicated for me um, to read. to be honest with you, but, um, it's just, it should be said that there's just many stories about this, like, throughout the years, like, so many stories, like, literally countless stories right now that are looking 1933, 1934, 1934, 1938 1938 1954 1955 like it keeps going um actually let's see when the most recent spotting is the most recent okay wait actually like in the 2000s we've got in um 2013 there was a tourist that presented a five minute video of a mysterious wave in the lock so i guess the lock is um the the water the body of water and it's in the the region of Ness I don't know <laughs> I might be saying that totally wrong, um. So yeah, mysterious wave, and then in two thousand fourteen, this is on a oh an Apple Maps photograph. It's a satellite image that shows what appears to be a large. Creature just below the surface of Loch Ness, and at the loch's far north, the image appeared about 98 feet long. Possible explanations were the wake of a boat, seal caused ripples, or floating wood. And then in 2021, this is the most recent, is reported that a 20 feet creature captured on live stream near the loch. I wonder like where this is. Oh, here we go. We can find it. This is a New York Post. So this is drone footage of. The Loch Ness monster. Um, I feel like I remember seeing this, and it like people were like, "Well, like I remember it being like on." Yeah, I do remember this, and it's kind of like eel eel like shapes, and people are saying that it's like maybe like a baby Loch Ness monster. Oh, I don't know. Wait, now the that... wait—that's kind of weird. Oh wait, is the footage still there? Oh, I see. Oh, okay. It does actually look really weird. It looks like some creature. You can see like some creatures like shadow, like in the water. That does look pretty fucking weird. Um, And also it says that in re- recent news, this is really weird. This was just, y'all, this was published yesterday. What the fuck? Like that's so random. That i'm like doing this episode and it was just published yesterday but basically the lochness center in scotland is looking for volunteers this month for a mass search of the mythical beast um this is the biggest search in 50 years like why why now so the hunt is at the end of august wait that's actually so weird it's free and um they're like leading an exploration. So, during the hunt, the team says it plans to deploy drones with infrared cameras. Oh, okay. That's cool. So, they can produce hymal, or sorry, thermal images of the water from the air, and a hydrophone will be used to detect acoustic signals under the water. Whoa. That's really interesting. Okay. So, here's my kind of two cents on the Loch Ness Monster and, like, other mythical creatures that kind of, like, Live in the ocean or like whatever. I feel like it's possible that there was and it, maybe there still is, but there there was some sort of a monster. Oh, I like to say monster, but a creature that is like maybe maybe it's that like it's still part of like dinosaur era and like it's still some sort of big. Cause like we know dinosaurs are real. Like we have bones and like artifacts. I mean, there's still like some. I feel like there's still some, like, doubt with, like, all any of this stuff. Because, like, how do we really know? But I feel like there's, like, stuff in museums and stuff. Like, actual archaeological f- artifacts that have been, like, dugging up and, you know, restored and, like, discovered and stuff. Because I really don't think that all these things are just, like, made up out of thin air and, like, nothing. Like, I don't think anything is. I think everything has some sort of, like inclination like some sort of clue into like why people are all thinking that like why has there been so many sightings now i do also think that like not everything is what it seems like you know how like you'll hear of like a ghost story and it can be like really scary but then like when some investigating is done they like find out that like oh the noise really came from this like real thing and it's like not that scary anymore. Like there's like actually evidence like debunking stuff. Like I'm sure that there's some of that in all of these stories that I've talked about today. Like there's some explanations for them, but I also feel like there are some mystery. Like there are some weird weird things and like if the fantasy of it, you know? And yeah I just feel like it's not it's never black and white like it's not all what it seems and I do think that who's not to say there is like magic in the world or like weird shit like we just made all this up anyway like you know like I don't know like we I feel like some people are so logical and it's of course it's good to be logical but also like things don't have to make sense like things can just be supernatural like weird and like let's just embrace it for that okay um, okay. I'm like literally falling asleep while recording this. Um, hopefully this just like a good little, I don't know what time you're listening to this. Maybe it was a little nighttime story, a little bedtime story to, uh, make you fall asleep. Um, I hope that I don't have any nightmares. Last night I had a really scary nightmare. Um, so I'm wondering what can I do right now to like Take my mind off of these topics, even though none of them were like really too scary. We definitely could have pushed it with those two honorable mentions. If we would have talked about those in depth, oh, I would have had nightmares. I already know. Cause they've all are already given me like weird shit and like weird, just weird vibes. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I hope that you learned something. I hope that it made you ponder, made you think more curiously about the world. And yeah. I will see you guys next Thursday. Bye.